Okay, Baruch Hashem. To start, or to continue our to continue our learning of Chagos Talmidim, we're up to Parak Shvi. In the in the in the new editions, page Samach Vav, Parak Shvi. For those for those who haven't been here for the first six programs, it's definitely would be definitely helpful. Even though each even though the it could be understood the program this this parak and on could be understood independently of the first six programs, still it would be much it would be much better to to learn the first six program. And if the Hebrew is difficult, so then it's available in English. But to learn the first six program and uh, and and uh, familiarize oneself with the contents of those prokim because even though this can be understood separately, it really is part of a program. It's part of a, a of a mahalach, and it's uh, it's definitely kedai to um, it's definitely kedai to connect to the entire program that the Rebbe had for raising a generation of Jews who would be sensitive and spiritual and at the same time fiercely observant of halacha. So let's begin Parik Shri. Now, before this, as you recall, the, the Rebbe was discussing the the illness of Gaiva, of the ego and the effect that has the effect that has on on a Bachar. And I'm just reminding you, of course, that the Sefer was really written for Bachram. But the uh, but every single word here applies to each and every one of us. And you get an idea of what a bacha was like in that time, in that place. And the Rebbe was trying to, to, to mold, to create. So the Rebbe says, now the Rebbe in this parak is dealing with Machla Shiflus Amruma Usurfasa. There's another type of an illness, there's another type of sickness that that is uh, that is very common, and that's called shiflus hamaruma. Which, I suppose, the way we could translate it would be a deceitful or a um, a type of a shiflus. Shiflus meaning a lo- a lowliness that is maruma, that is deceptive. It's not true. There's something wrong with this form of lowliness. There's a person who acts or seems to be acting in a way of humility and, and of and a way that would indicate that there that he's of of uh, lowly stature and so on, but it's not really true. You'll see what he means. Talmud Yisrael. Al Takshar Shabidvarainu Bakuntras Azar writes some Anul Fatra Khakva Milma Bigmar Madrishulkanakusha Swamakadesh Mamayam Lanader Hakadesh Ailal Sham Hasmilahaska. First he's saying, I don't want you to think that when you learn this safer, that means you don't have to focus on all the teachings of the Gemara and the Madrishulkanarch and Khazal and so on that um, instruct you, that teach you how to live. Other Rabbi Kavanah saying, "Rak l'sakin es atzma chashetuch la'ayin b'hem." Other Rabbi, my whole my whole purpose and goal is that you'll be brought to a point, to a state where you're going to want to and be able to learn all of these things. 
and to take them to heart. And to and to actually absorb all of the holy teachings of the Torah and Chazal into your soul and into your body. In other words, what the Rebbe is saying here in a very simple, very simple, um, by way of Hagdama, by way of introduction, is that we're constantly, the boys are constantly learning Madrash and learning the Shulchan Aruch, learning Gemara, but if a person, if a person is not receptive of what's written in Chazal, so you could, you could see Chazals, you could repeat different Mamar Chazal, and you could learn the Moses form a thousand times, and it doesn't affect you, it doesn't change you, because it's not, it's not able to penetrate into who you are because of that hardened heart and soul. Therefore, the Rebbe says that my point in this Sefer is to prepare you that, so that you will be able to learn all the Swam and that they'll make a difference in your life, not just to hear another, you know, another speech or another Dvat Torah and uh, it's something which should something which should should uh, should penetrate. I was someplace I was someplace yesterday for for um, for Minchamarv. I had to be someone. I was diving in Minchamarv and. Uh, just the rabbi, the, 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 there was no rabbi there, and the person, the, they asked somebody to say it about Torah. And uh, so the person read a Pasuk from Hazinu, and, and uh, he said that that uh, the reason that we read this before, before the, reason, the reason we read this before Yom Kippur is because Hashem is telling us that we're a bunch of vile and abominable ingrates. And this is why we'll do tshuva. And he went on for around 10 minutes saying the most, the most horrible, vile, abominable, abominable things about Jews, about the Jewish people. And this is a hakdamit, uh, so this way we come to Yom Kippur, you know, do tshuva. So I was horrified at this, you know, and I, I'm sitting there, so I'm looking around, but Bo Hashem, there wasn't one person that was paying attention. <laughs> I was the only one, like I was, you know, I was going to hear it, because I'm always talking, like to hear something. So I was going to hear something, and... And I was so I was so grateful that uh, you know, everybody was just like you saw everybody spaced out and doing other stuff and you know it wasn't it wasn't even shyach that because uh, I was thinking how they're gonna ha- you know I'm the only one that's being that's being uh, traumatized as they use the word now very liberally by this uh, little dvatar and everybody else was everybody else was fine because you know no one else cared so what the Rebbe saying is listen you know you have to dvatar in that case it worked out fine but. But uh, really, when, when, when it comes to Chazal, when it comes to Devei Torah, a person has to be able to absorb the words. So the purpose of the Sefer is that we should be, our hearts should be softened and we should be able to receive. So that all of one's limbs, one's, one's entire being, can be moistened, or can, be, can actually be sort of like irrigated and watered by the wellspring that is Yitzim Reis Hashem that emerges from the house of Hashem which means from the teachings of Chazal from the Svar Makadoshim but the first, you know, the, the, this land has to be prepared that's why he's using the, the imagery here of a field if the field is, uh, you know, you could, you could stand there and you could spritz, you could water but if it hasn't been plowed, if it's not prepared, if it hasn't so, so, so it's not going to work. So the whole point of the safety says is to prepare a person that he should be able to receive. You 
Kipsuchim Hayim Bechol. And therefore, not this, not this, you know, there's not some sort of an anthology of the of Chazals and other things that apply to to, to the subject. And the Svarim are available. Kipsuchim Hayim Bechol Mishuchash Kenavshay Lias Karva Mishutar Vilimotzev and Mishasu Sadikim Taher Mitarchim Yilmad Varakas Ashach Mani Nenatik. I'm only focusing on certain specific things. And other Rabbah go learn more and go speak to people and go and go see. Isa B'Shulchan Aruch. So now he returns to the subject. Isa B'Shulchan Aruch says the very beginning of Shulchan Aruch. Lo yizbayeish mipnei b'nei odom ha-maligimolov ba'avadis Hashem. The one should never ever be ashamed or embarrassed in the presence of those people who are mocking him and making fun of, of his avodah Hashem. This is a very prevalent problem. It's not like, you know, somebody's going, ha ha, and pointing fingers, and that's not what he means, mocking or walking, you know, uh, in, front of, in front of your house with a sign, you know, uh, you, know you know, down with avodah Hashem. It's just, that's, not, that's, not, that's not what's happening. But in different ways, you know, so many, so many people have mentioned this to me, we discuss this so often, the kind of, the kind of pressure that is, the, the, the social pressure and how a person is made to feel uncomfortable in his Avodah Hashem by, by, trying to, by trying to work on oneself and reach higher levels of Avodah Hashem. So the Shulchan Aruch begins the very sort of our observance of Halach is not to, not to be concerned with what people say. Which of course doesn't mean that, that, that one should, should be, uh, should be uh, you know, religiously, you know, a religious exhibitionist and, uh, and Davke to, to, to uh, and Davka to, to cause um, a commotion, but one should not be misbeishmed. One of the great stumbling blocks, one of the great stones that stands in the way of our Avodah Hashem, is this busha, is this type of embarrassment. Now you'd think that he's, you know, talking about a very humble type of a person, so he's greatly concerned about what people say, and he doesn't want to offend people, he doesn't want to hurt people, so you would say he's a, he's a terrific Balmidas. The guy's a terrific Balmidas. He's sensitive to other people, he doesn't want to get people upset, and he doesn't want to show himself, to present himself as being better than anybody. And he doesn't want to give the impression that he knows more, that he does more. So the Rebbe says, this person is Eino Bedaito Bershusa. He doesn't live according to his own according to his own understanding, and he's not his own rishusi. He's not a balabas over his own life. He's just dragged along by people outside of himself. This we, we this meter we've discussed many times. We saw it with the miraglim, with the spies. We learned. A number of times, when the Miraglam said that that we were that we were um, we were like grasshoppers in our, in our own in our, our, own, our own eyes, and so we were in the eyes of the inhabitants of the land. So the tzaddikim ask, based upon Chazal, the tzaddikim ask, mainly you want to say that in your own eyes. In your own eyes, you know, you, you, you're weak and you're, and you're worthless. But who gave you the, who told you that, that, that the inhabitants of the land thought of you that, you know, that thought of you that way and that, that in their eyes that you're also so insignificant. So Sadiqim explained that, that we understand that when a person, that when a person in his own eyes is, is worthless, so then he, part of what he imagines is that 
that's the same way that everybody else thinks of him. And and one of the ways that he's going to try to find some worthiness within himself is by is by becoming worthy in the eyes in the eyes of others. So my daughter was teaching us the, uh, the other day, and she said that there's this one particular girl that when when she's called up to, to go to write a pasuk on the blackboard or something like that, she like she does you know stuff to make everybody laugh. You know she makes little she does some lights on this. And uh, so my, my my daughter spoke to her um, privately, and she's a lovely lovely girl. Well, I think this is a sixth or seventh grader, a lovely girl, and she immediately said that. No, my daughter's saying he's so special. Everybody wants to be like you, and that's you know that's that's why you know everybody's laughing. But is this this is you know there's so many other things that you could do to set an example. You're such a leader, and so on. She did it in a very nice way. But the girl right away started to cry, and she said, she said, you know, I know it's not really. I don't want to. She said, Mara, I don't want you to think that's really who I am. I'm not really like that. I just I don't know why. Like I just wanted people to, I wanted the, the girls to to laugh at me. Or, you know, to to think of me that you know that I should be someone that's funny and so on. I mean. She's, she's more honest than most of us. Right? She's a very honest, a very honest little girl, and, and, and I was very touched by the whole story because she understands that there's this dichotomy in her life, and she understands that she that she needs a certain she that she needs a certain quota of attention, and, and she's probably not getting it in other ways. And when you're a little girl, that could come out in that way. As you grow to a little, as you get a little bit older, it can get much more dangerous. That need and how to and how to achieve that and how to get that can be much more dangerous. So this person lives a life that's inabadaita So You're not your own balabas. You're not you're not in control of your own life. Other people are dictating what you should say, how you should act, what you should do. This person is always afraid that others will not will make fun of will make fun of him. Will not look up will not look up to him, will make fun of him. And because of that, he's mavatal himself to the to the opinion of that of that individual. He's mavatal himself. This is done in in, in our in our uh, society, and I don't mean the secular society. That's I'm not we're not part of that society. I mean we have to pay taxes and stuff, but otherwise that's not really our society. Our society is a society of religious Jews, and that's that's something which is which is uh, sometimes is subtle, and that's, sometimes it's not so subtly uh, taking place in our society. I've had many, many discussions with with Hevre, You know that uh, you'll have you'll have people that say that 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 for years they were going to a, they were part of some sort of a, a beach club situation, and uh, and and then they decide that they don't want to be part of that anymore. The husband and wife make a conscious decision that they, that they would like to that they would like to um, set a uh, set a better example of holiness for the children. That's part of maturing. They're growing up. People grow up, and there'll be friends that will. It's hard to believe the kind of the kind of criticism and the kind of the kind of ridicule and mockery that goes mockery that that's made of these people, and 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 the and the the accusation is always like, wow, you know what, uh, like what happened to you? How come no one ever says that? Like you know, when somebody is 10 years old, and they become 11. Wow, what happened to you? You know, you're supposed to stay 10 years old. You're really shocked that you became 11. <laughs> like, how did that happen to you? And no one's, you know, or, 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 or you know, a graduation. You never heard a speech like anybody go up and say, you know, at the graduation, oh, we're, we're really shocked. How did this happen to you? What do you mean? You graduated. Graduating means you get older and you get more serious. And, you know, hopefully you're moving on to the next stage in life. 
and it, and it amazes me you have you have people that that they're responsible for children and the children are so much more mature than they are and the p- parents that are such infantile idiots about how they about how they view other people making progress in Yiddishkeit and the way to be down the kafskhus is that they must be hurting inside because they know that they that they too should be progressing and going beyond you know the the little beach club and uh, onto something uh, uh, a little bit more important in life but but because they're not prepared to they're not prepared to make that move so they have to be from the maligim and shulchanach, the ones that make fun and make chayzik and what's the matter with you and what kind of crazy thing is this? This is not who you were and that's not who you are and I, we know you and you're old friends of ours and, and we know you to be perp, we know you to be people who sincerely disregard shulchanach and and why you know why why have you chosen this path and it's a very dangerous path and no so on and so forth. So yeah, I think you're familiar with this story. And if enough of those people get together, they can even make a shul. <laughs> and this person lives a life where everything he's doing is trying to win the approval of these people. He's trying to win the approval of the Maligam society. He's trying to get their approval. And therefore there are wonderful good things that he's not going to do. That he's afraid of doing. Because it's not going to pass the board. It's not going to make it. Because it could be that this neighbor, this guy, this friend, whatever, is going to make fun. And besides keeping his present maligam satisfied, he also wants to win over more people, to like him and to and to uh, admire him. So he's got to, so he has to act a certain way in order to in order to have uh, in order to to broaden the appeal that he has for. To, to, to gather some new maligam into his little circle. What are you supposed to say about such a life? But you've given your entire soul and your, your life over to people who are not you and Nishchasim. People are not, uh, are not from those who should be most admired. And whose ways should be should be um, imitated, and you've given yourself over to these people. Kula Maishlim Alav, and all of these people rule over you. He's the only one that doesn't have any say in his own life. Everybody else, everybody else, is in control of him, and it, and it's frightening how many decisions are made in such a way. And the effect that this has upon our children as they grow up in schools, you know who the chevr is. You know that the, you know that that you could spend you could spend your entire life talking to your child, talking to your children about certain things that you know are true, and and to machazik the kid, and if and a fifteen minute conversation with some goofy friend that he has, everything that you've everything that you've worked on for the last for the last twenty years, you know could go down the drain. Some 15-minute discussion with with somebody that's that, that's uh, that lets, that 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 is uh, somehow that your kid is is under the spell of the influence of that of that uh, of that individual, and you don't know what to do, because if you say that if you try to even suggest that that's not the kind of friend you should have, then then you're like you're number one on the uh, on the Russia list. 
are you saying that, that, that that's not a good person? He's a very good person, he's a terrific friend and devoted to me and so on. And you want to, you're inside your heart screaming, there's a devoted friend. That's your murderer. That person's murdering you. He's destroying you. He's destroying your parents. He's killing everything that we've worked on. He's killing everything that you've worked on. But you can't even say that. And you just, you're helpless. This is the, the Indian of Chaveirim, of Chavra. Kula Moishlamalav, Rakhu. He's the only one that can't control himself. Him and, of course, his parents have no say in his rabbi. It's very, little, it's very, very hard to compete with, with, with the maligam, with the, with the friends, with the ones who make fun and make him feel that he has to, make him feel that he has to live up to their expectations. It's very, very, very hard. Machla mousehi habusha. This he says is a disgusting illness. Machla mousehi. It's a, it's a, it's a disgusting machla. The sickness of this bush of being embarrassed in front of those who make fun. The beginning, the root and source of this way of living, of thinking, is, is this terrible immaturity. That's why I spoke about it as being immature. It's not evil, but it's terribly, terribly immature. Where does it come from? So a little kid, a little kid knows that he doesn't have das. A child is correct in, in, in a child is correct in in uh, acknowledging that he doesn't know the he doesn't know the truth. He doesn't know, uh, and he and he needs to he needs to be told what to do. He needs to receive from his parents, from his teachers. A child knows that he doesn't have it doesn't have das. So from the beginning, he begins to train himself to, to evaluate what's right and what's wrong based upon how people around him are acting and what they're saying and what they're doing. That's what a child is. And that, that's, that's understandable. That's, that's correct in the life of a child. He doesn't know whether this is, whether this is proper etiquette. He doesn't know whether it's the proper type of behavior. And what he needs to do is to, is to watch, to observe his parents and, and, the, and the people around him and to see whether this is something which is acceptable or not. I mean, that's what a child, that's how a child learns, right from wrong. But what, hap- what happens in the very beginning is that, is that the child learns that, that his his way of behaving is determined by people outside of himself. That's what he learns. And that's okay for a little kid. But as you mature, and you learn, and you grow, you of course have to begin to identify what's right because of it being right, not just because of somebody that you like is, uh, acts that way or does that thing. So a little child knows the little child knows that if he does something, he knows that that, that type of, of an action is going to is going to please everybody. So if the you know the bait like the little the little kid sees like there's something that he does that makes that makes everybody happy and laugh and like you know like the seal in the zoo that they'll throw him a fish and he'll get something. So then the kid will you know the kid will, will do that because it's it's great because he's got these people that he likes. He's got them. Uh, he's got them all excited and cheered up, and so it's it's good. And the kid, the kid likes to do that. And he knows that if he does a certain thing, that they're going people are going to laugh and make fun. 
So it's it's terribly terribly sad that in most situations this way of this way of evaluating oneself based upon what the reaction of other people around you it stays it stays with you it just you, know, you grow up that way and it stays with you even even as an older person. That, that what concerns you most is that you should be appealing and, and attractive and beautiful and funny and so on in the eyes of other people. May I share al amiti that concerns you much more than amiti than that which is truly, truly good. What you're most concerned with is the is what other people other people think. So you'll see sometimes it's one of the saddest things you'll see an older person, someone that's you know, well in seventies, even eighties, you see an older person that tries to act like, you know, like like some like some teenager. And such Rahmanis, instead of the dignity that an older person is supposed to have and to dress a certain way and to carry oneself a certain way. So you'll see an older person, you know, uh, trying to trying to act uh, trying to trying to act like it like like like, uh, like a teenager and, and, and to, to be able to somehow to be able to project the same type of an attractiveness or the type of uh, image of um, of being a teenager and this is something which is very very admired in the secular world in the eyes of in the eyes of Christ on the eyes of the Torah this is the degradation of an older person it's humiliating. And you see this Kaseda, and it's a very painful thing to see. You know, uh, from the time that I was a child, I, 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 I always felt embarrassed. You know, you'll be at some simcha, and there'll be some 80-year-old woman, and she puts on, you know, she gets herself dressed up and uh, and, and fixed up, like to look like, you know, uh, look like like a granddaughter, and she's trying to, you know, like at some wedding to do the cha-cha, you know, and, and to carry on, and to even the type of humor and type of uh, and carry. It's not, it's 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 just the same thing. It's just the same thing an entire lifetime of, of, of giving into the maligim and trying to trying to be attractive in the eyes of others and to appeal to others and so on. So the Rebbe says, Bochi Yisrael. Shema Nozaklal Hazah. He says, listen carefully to this. Binyin Hazah v'chein b'chol enyonim. Emoy tis ames v'tis chazik b'chol k'echach elaharchik elasharish v'mechol kalmide roh shtus asha'id b'chom yaldusha. He said, I want to tell you a general principle, a general rule, the Rebbe says. That if you're not going to work very, very hard from the time that you're a bacha, from the time that you're a young man, to completely uproot these negative midas and this shtus, this narishkeit, while you're still a child, then for the rest of your life it's going to remain in you and it's going to be hurting you. I know this to be true. That mostly, mostly we have the same midas as when we were children. Most of you have the same this. One of the one of the most frightening things when I'm talking to a, you know, you get this couple like this, they're thinking about getting married. So usually it's the girl that will tell me that, you know, that she has certain svekas. What are the svekas? Well, he's got a, you know, turns out he's got a horrible, horrible temper. He's extremely critical. He's extremely critical. Um, uh, seems to be very obsessed with himself. Whenever I we're in conversations. Uh, it always seems to get back to him. 
And uh, then my next question is, so uh, when's the wedding date? What's the wedding date? <laughs> so, oh, Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. And uh, you want to explain to me, you know, uh, what's your Cheshvan over here? <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't sound too good. You know, with everything I do, he criticizes. So then there'll be this like wonderful, sweet 19-year-old girl that will say something like, um, you know, he, 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 uh, I really think he's going to change. So I said, you know, you bet, honey. It's going to get a lot worse. <laughs> He's going to change. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to get a lot worse than what you're looking at. And that's, you know, that's, come on. It's just, you know, 99%. That's, what do you mean? In life and having kids and the parnasa and the pressure, what do you think? It's, it's going to refine his midas? Like, you know, it's going to bring out, it's going to bring out the good in him? Kid, you know, it's just, it brings out, it brings out the, the even scarier stuff that she, she hasn't seen yet. He's on his best behavior. When you're going out, you're on your best behavior. This is the best you're going to see, if that's downhill. So, you know, it's when, you, it's when you're a bocha, when you're young. It's, it's, uh, those midas, a certain way of, of looking at things, especially in this Indian, it's pretty much, it's pretty much something that you carry with you your whole life. You could struggle, you could work, but it's, it's an avoid, it's a malach. When you're young, it's, it's relatively easy. Relatively easy to overcome these things, but like everything in life, that once it becomes a, a, a part of you and you and you, and it accompanies you throughout life, it's it's very hard to, to get rid of it. So that's what the Rebbe is saying is a klal in all of us, Hashem, and in the whole Indian of Tikkun Hamidus, the whole Indian of Tikkun Hamidus. So your Yitzhar might try to trick you and say, You know, you're young, enjoy yourself. Why do you have to work hard on your midas? And you know that there are things that are wrong inside of you, and you know that these are not good things. But that's okay. You know, you have, you have your... When you're older, you'll, you'll, you'll work on these midas. You know, when you're older. So right now, You're still a nice, still a kid. That's why you have chesrainas. You have these chesrainas, you know, you're worried about everybody thinks, and you're, you're very focused on their opinions, and so on, all the other meters. <coughs> so, you know that it's a problem, but uh, it's, you're just a kid, and these are chesrainas that the children have, it's okay. And when you get older, don't worry, these things are going to anyway disappear. You know, you'll outgrow them. So the same way the doctor said, it's okay, uh, you know, you have allergies, but you'll outgrow the allergies. It's just part of being a kid, and you got pimples, it's all right. You know, eventually you'll drop them. So it's the same thing with all your terrible meters. So you have this thought that it's okay, you can outgrow those bad meters. This is, this, that's not how it works. You just have more sophisticated ways of hiding them. But when you're really upset, you can't even do that. You know, so you could hide, you could hide your anger, and it becomes like sort of an... And you're, it's more sophisticated, uh, as, uh, and then you're like it's intense. We don't call it anger anymore; it's intense. But if somebody really touches, presses the wrong button, then you just get you just the same way as when you were seven years old. You know, the, then okay, you made a whole scene in the store, and you're stomping your feet and throwing yourself on the ground until your mother bought you the toy. And as an adult, you as an adult, it, 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 it's true that it would look very silly to stop to, you know, to stomp your feet, throw yourself on the ground. But there are many there are many spouses who could attest to the fact that their that their husbands or their wives do conduct themselves in such a way. Because in front of a husband or wife, eventually, at some point after Shabbat Brachas, you stop hiding those bad meters. Or you're not as careful. At work, of course, it's, you know, if someone upsets you, you have, to, you have to be much more sophisticated, so you just try to get them fired or something. 
But but when it comes to when it comes to the, the people that you're with all the time, when it comes to the people you're with all the time, so it's very hard to hold up that. Uh, it's very hard to keep the you know the Academy Award winning uh, act going. At some point, at some point, they just you know just you drop it. You say, I'm too, it's too hard for me to it's too hard for me to hide this thing." And then you just you know you just let them have it. All you're letting them have, and then afterwards you'll swear that it's not you. But if the person has any intelligence, no, that's exactly you. This is the first time I've actually met you. I, until now, you were just trying to be somebody else, but now I finally have met you. So it's very, very hard. It's a very hard thing that everybody says. You don't just outgrow them. Just the opposite, he says. You think that that on your own, as you grow older, that you know that your that your connection to the truth and to the right thing is, you know, it's going to strengthen you, and you'll be fine. He says, have rachmanis on yourself. Don't listen to the Yetzirah that tells you that. This is total shakir, it's a total lie. And every adult, every honest adult can attest to that, that, that it's a lie. Unless that's one of the meters that you never worked on of being honest. You know? So then you can't admit to that either. Kirak hashodim mizdaknais. Listen to this sentence. This is one of those you put on the refrigerator. It's good. The refrigerator is getting crowded over the years. Kiraka shonim mizdaknos v'loha ish what a gevaldige line only the years age but not the person hashonim mizdaknos v'loha ish v'yesh gedolim there are older people v'avzikayim b'shnei seyem very old people in years many many years have passed in their lives unnaorim af yeladim heim b'deyoseyem v'atzmuseyem but they remain children children in their in their views and in their atmosphere in, in, in who they are the hakol and all of this how do they remain in such a state because they were lazy in their avayda as children in overcoming these midas while his godless and they were relying upon the years passing and being able to change naturally with the with the years Moving ahead with the years. Nashuv na'ata elinyaneinim. Having said that, the Rebbe says, let's return to our inyan. La'ayin eich machlazu shel busha meruma nishara beishmi al duso. Let's learn. Let's try to understand how this sickness of this of busha meruma of this deceptive form of embarrassment, because busha itself is a very very holy mida. To, to, to be a person that's misbaish, it's one of the signs of a Jew. The Jews are baishanim, right? Jews by nature are baishanim, are, are shy and, and easily embarrassed. So, Busha itself, like, like, the, like other me, this Busha itself is an extremely, extremely holy thing, it's just, and it's a simon of, of, of a tzaddik. But there's a Busha that's maruma, that's, that's not amistic that's not a Busha, it's not, it's not a Busha of holiness. And we have to be careful to identify this as children and to understand this machla, this sickness. To understand how it's in us since the time that we're children. And how can we be cured of this illness? When should we, when should we start? That's when we start slichas? Oh, okay, but we don't have to put on thousands of films. So let's just try to learn a little bit more. 
Hayeled Bereshis. Let's 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 try to understand this machla. Hayeled Bereshis his pachtus daito. The child at the beginning of maturing, when his mind begins to expand to develop, kaven she'ain le'das la'atzmo. Since at that point, as we learned before, he doesn't really have, he hasn't really formed his own opinions. Lahavdil ben toivu ben ra, to make a distinction between good and and evil. And there's no ruach yet. There is no yet ruach that moves within him, telling him, that you should do this and you shouldn't do that. He doesn't have his own ruach yet to drive him towards certain things and to, and to pull him away from the wrong things. He doesn't have that. The Rabbi is now going more into what he started with before. Therefore, by necessity, he has to be kailate, he has to absorb within him deus menachutz. He has to be very, very sensitive to what's being, what's taking place outside of him. Because the inside hasn't been, hasn't been developed. So he's, he naturally must be concerned with what's, with what's outside. So if he understands that outside, you know, it's not a good idea to take a walk across the Long Island Expressway. And he, right? Liklot means to absorb, to be kailate. Like they call Merkaz uh, Klita, an absorption center, right? It means to be kailate. So he has to he has to take in things from the outside, because otherwise he's not, otherwise he's not gonna he's not gonna know how to live. He has to know that the person you see this person is is wearing a coat. It means that if he doesn't wear a coat, it could be he get gets sick. He has to wear a coat and so on. That's normal. It's healthy. Because on his own he doesn't know what to do. The only way that he could tell what's right and what's wrong is by is by looking at the is by looking at the adults around him and, and seeing what they consider to be good and what they consider to be bad. Now we understand you know, you, you, that 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 in modern times, if the Rebbe would have ever if the Rebbe would have ever seen television and theater. And, what, and, the, and the effect. I mean, here at least, at least you have a fighting chance if the if the kid is if the kid is looking up to the to the adults who are around him, because because mostly with good days and bad days, we're good people. We try to be good people and to give over to impart good values. But you put your kid in front of the television set. So who are the ansheichutz? Then who are the who are the people outside of himself that he's that he's who are his teachers of right and wrong? Who are, the, who are the people who are teaching him right and wrong? Okay, so when we were kids, when we, I'm talking about 40 and up, I suppose when we were kids, so, uh, you know, if it was, uh, if it was Lucy or Ricky, or if it was, uh, you know, uh, crazy, you know, Donna Reed, even, you know, even if it was the beaver, and the people from outside, even, they were certainly not living up to the, Ideals of Jewish life, but as far as morals were concerned, they were they were generally portrayed these individuals as, as as moral, decent human beings, because that was fashionable in the 50s and 60s. Until recently, it was considered to be a very very um, it was considered to be a, an admirable thing to be a faithful person, to be loyal, to be honest, to be sincere, to be hardworking, and so on. And that's why there were certain characters that were extremely funny because they were aberrations. But now, if you want to be a decent person, then you're abnormal. So, 
so the generations that grew up watching those shows were able to some degree, even though it certainly is not healthy for a bentor to see things that are not that are not proper for a bentor or bastor. But as far as values are concerned, they're pretty much they're pretty much the values that we were that we saw in good people around us, hardworking, honest, and uh, to some degree, to some degree, modest, sneezedic people. But now you put a kid in front of a television set, so. The teachers of that, the teachers of the child, are the kind of people that that are the most loathsome, despicable, and disgusting human beings that that you would never ever want, you know, your your child to meet in person or to have any shaykhs to. And yet, and yet, you know, you you bought this machine, you plug it in, and if you have cable, you're paying additional money to to provide role models, teachers for your children, who are going to completely destroy them. And don't hide that at all. Can't have any tightness against the people on the television. That's they get. That's that's what they do. They have they they have no uh, they have no values that would prevent them from doing that. But the question is, how does a how does a person who has those values subject his his child to to uh, an environment where there are people who are teaching him or her? And and, and we have the exact same. The exact same mistake that the Rebbe says that children make, it'll be it'll be fine. So every parent thinks, oh, listen, I I also watch television and, I, and look what a fine person I am. And there are many many wonderful people that I know that as children they watch television. They grew up to be wonderful tzaddikim. And didn't you see Moshe Kapoya down the block? He's the Rosh Hashiva now. I remember him. Oh, he watched so much television. And look, he's a big Rosh Hashiva now. You know all this stupid stuff. You know. It's, I mean, there's nothing to talk about. How absolutely absurd is. If your kid would talk like that, you'd say, "Well, you're an idiot." But adults talk that way. You see, Moshe Kapai is a Rosh Hashiva. Why don't you take your kid to the graveyard instead, to the cemetery, and show him all the casualties? Everybody says, you know, there's that Moshe Kapai. Oh, he's a big person. As if it even helped him along his path. Because otherwise you'll be closed to the entire world and you won't know, you, you know, you won't know to stay off the street if there's a nuclear attack. So you have to make sure, you know, you, you have to make sure to be in touch with the world and all this stusim and havalim that, 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 that's being, that's being taught. So, you, you know, you're giving your kid over, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving your kid over to Anshay Chutz, to, to people outside of them that are, that have such wacky ideas of life. It's frightening. In the old days, it was more confusing because they said, no, no, because, because like Donna Reed seemed to be a pretty nice lady. She was pretty nice, and she said, you know, you got to brush your teeth and stuff, and you got to wash your, you know, before you go to bed, and you got to you even got to say your, your prayers at the table, right? And when you watched, you remember you watched like the old movies, like, like at a regular at a regular supper, everybody was wearing a necktie, and you know, you know, you know, what I'm talking about, like sitting on the table and and saying and saying prayers and stuff. Right, that was that was that was the old days. They're not wearing anything at the supper table these days. So, and, and these are the teachers, these are the rebellion, these are the Anshay Chutz, who they're measuring their lives by. So we're going to have to understand more how to overcome this way of thinking. And certainly as adults, we have an achrayis to at least help our children achieve their own way of thinking. And it's always interesting because the, the people that subject their kids, they're always saying, I want my kids to make their, own, up, make their own minds, make up their own minds. I want them to be independent thinkers. I don't want them to be mindless people who are just imitating everybody. That's what, the, that's what the more liberal parents are always saying. I want my kids to make their own decisions. Right? Okay, it's, 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 it's